welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. So, you know, one thing that we want to understand is that God is after the condition of the inside of you. Your, your secret thoughts, um, your emotions, your desires, what you hunger for, um, your, your pains, um, your injuries. You know, he wants to have an experience with the full person of you. And so, you know, as we're talking about uh, the word of the year, we were talking about the 120. If you weren't here just in a simple form, we're talking about how when we take the shape of us and we allow the divine to come in and mold and to make and shape, it automatically pulls us into a perfect design. And we discussed on the word of the year the design of the hexagon and how amazing just that shape is that it has the ability to have full contact, not like a bubble, that when two bubbles touch, they don't make full contact. But on a, a 120 design, all the sides are pulled into this perfection where you are completely making contact with nothing missing. Yes. And so, you know, that applies to uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and how the, the, the places of us, our mind, our will, and emotions, he wants to take every part of that and contact that with him until it divinely gets pulled into perfection. That's what he would, he loves. And so sometimes um, things can cause us to not partner with that desire of his or even that thing that he's trying to do. And so I was kind of feeling it when they were singing the song about how, how much he loves us and I wouldn't have even known. I wouldn't have even known that, dang, I'm incredible. <laughs> I could do stuff. Wow, I'm amazing. You know, and I really mean that. I know what I carry. I know what he's done in my life. I know where I was. And I know all of the reconstruction that has happened. I know the heart that I carry. I know the love that I have for him and for people. And so he's, he wants to work um, all of the inward places of us into a place of perfection, honestly where we can contact the fullness of his love, be fully loved, and fully loved people. Simple. Yes. If you have to have an equation, it's very simple. But I was even feeling today in the room, and it's okay because we all are on these different journeys and we're on these different junctures about how we have experienced him and what our journey looks like. And we honestly, we shouldn't all have the same journey. Not even if you were a twin, Shooty. Are you going to have the exact same journey? Because he's doing something on the inside. And that really is the journey. And so um, I remember how funny it was when I was growing up. I thought, I was telling Tessa this, I thought that I was a Christian. Um, my family would go to a Catholic church and I thought I was a Christian, you know, because we went to church. 
but I didn't realize until later, <laughs> I didn't realize until later that all of the pain that I was personally carrying on the inside for my father's and my relationship, who was a very abusive person, very harsh, uh, just rough, you know, physically abusive, just his words were, I mean, just had really broken me down and I hadn't, I didn't know what I was carrying. I was carrying pain is what I was carrying. And so even though I had experienced all of that, I was carrying all of this pain. And so, but still I thought I was a Christian. But yet this is what's funny. I couldn't recognize because I hadn't experienced the authentic yet to know that I wasn't there. And so I thought I was right with God. I thought I was good with God. You know, hey, this is this is what it means to be a Christian. And, and you know, I had a, a lot of pain, and so I had a lot of addictions that went with pain because, you know, when you don't deal with pain, then you usually have some other way you're trying to deal with that. And so alcohol was really my thing of choice. And so, you know, I do things all the way, so... <laughs> I still do. And so, you know, there was a lot of that, but, and a lot of behaviors that came with it. But saying that, I didn't realize how important it was to deal with pain. Pain doesn't go away, it manifests its way into your life, to your thoughts, to your physical man. It manifests itself in your life until you deal with pain. And so what was interesting was when I went to college, and y'all, most of y'all have heard this before, but when I went to college, um, I was in a Bible study because I was a Christian. I went to a Bible study class, and that's the first time I had heard this basic truth and I was like how did we do that all those years and no one ever talked about this and so if if you all look in John 3 let's let's do the amplifying John 3 3 and see what we don't understand is when we think we're a Christian but we haven't done this process spiritually and invited him in then we don't understand the movements of the Holy Spirit. They are, we don't even, I don't even, you know, it's weird. It's like, Holy Spirit does what? What, you know, what is the Holy Spirit? What is he doing? So in this John 3, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I say that about every one of them, don't I? But it's true. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, I assure you and I most solemnly say to you, this is Jesus speaking, unless a person is born again, born from above, spiritually transformed. He cannot experience the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? So I was going to church. We, I was sitting in the pew once a week for our 45 minutes. Catholics were really good, man. You're in, you're out. Boom, 45 <laughs> minutes. You know, your, your three songs, you know, nothing fast. Because we've got an organ, so nothing, nothing fast. Up and down, up and down. You do, we do our thing. <laughs> And then we go eat lunch. And so, 
You know, there wasn't like a lot of intimacy. There wasn't a lot of setting in his presence. And I'm sure there are Catholic churches who are Holy Spirit filled. And so I just, the one I was attending just wasn't. And so just saying that until I had this, I had this experience in college. Then the authentic came. You must be born again from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. A person can never see or experience the kingdom of God unless you do this. Nicodemus says, how can this be? He goes into his natural thinking. How can a, how can a man climb back into his mother and be born again? This, it cannot happen. Jesus said, I assure you and I say to you, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Okay, now here is the rub. You are not a Christian unless you are of Christ's spirit, so you have to be born of God. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh. I wasn't a Christian just because my parents went to church. The physical is merely physical, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised. I've told you, you must be born again, born from above, and have a spiritual transformation. If you have been born again, you should be experiencing a spiritual transformation in your life. The Holy Spirit, there, there should be things that are changing on the inside of you. Behaviors, thoughts, attitudes, mindsets, values, beliefs. I mean, how can the holy, pure, uh, truth, authentic spirit of God not enter into a man and not have an effect? And so, I mean, that was, that was, that was, that's what I needed, Moo. That's what I needed. And so here I was living out all this pain, man. I was, I was rebellious. I was mad. I was angry. You know what I mean? I was emotionally in a lot of pain trying to prove that I wasn't junk, you know. And so you know, I had a lot to get over, but you can get over it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter how anybody treats you because God wants to come in and bring restoration and recompense. And so, I mean, as a little girl, my dad loaded me up and took me. You know where the big trash dump is here in Oklahoma City? It's off I-40. What do they call that? Trash City or whatever that is. Have you ever been out to the dump trash out there? It's really gross. You don't want to get out of your car. You just try to, you try to get out of your driver's seat of your car, and you don't try to touch the ground. You try to, you know, get over like to the side of the pickup and then kind of pitch things off because it's gross. I mean, it is so much gross. But, you know, my, my dad and I had the exact same personality. We were both extroverts. You know, we, we were just strong personalities and we clashed. I mean, it's like two rams going. <laughs> I mean, we clashed. You know, there wasn't any mercy. It was just. There, there wasn't a whole lot of knowing that you were loved and delighted in. And so 
he he loaded me up because he was really mad at me one day. And so as a little girl, I think I was five or six or whatever. But he took me out to the dump and he drove out there with all that pile of debris that was stinky and gross. And he said, okay, get out. You're going to live here. And he made me take my suitcase with me when I left the house. And so here is a little kid. I'm thinking, I mean, that's scary. And that's really scary, you know, to... They think that nobody wants you, that they think you're just trash, and they're going to take you out there to the, the dump pile and just drop you off. And then here's your little suitcase. You don't know that that's not, that's not a real thing. And so, you know, his tactics to try to get be good behavior, you know, were um, punishing, of course, you know. And so... You know, we're sitting there in the truck with my little suitcase at the dump, and it's stinky. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to get out. And he says, are you going to behave? And, of course, what are you going to say? Yes. I, well, of course. Sure. I, but, but the point is, how can you behave different if you haven't experienced love? If you don't experience love and you stay in that condition, then you have to start to alter yourself one way or the other because the way that treatment comes to you when you're not made for that or worthy of that or what God says that you're made for, then you have to do something with that. You either begin to shut down everything Shut down all your emotions, shut down caring, shut down, you know, having passion about anything, shut down having expression, or you super express. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're on any one of those spectrums, but when you're absent of love and you're receiving these messages, then the only thing that's going to happen is generally one of those two things. And so you can say that I obviously distorts your design. Yeah. Now, is that the design that God's trying to build and unleash and launch out into the world? No. And so you have to think about your design. You have to think about, you know, how much love have you received? How much repair have you received? How much understanding have you received? Have you really been born again? Because that's where it all starts, honestly. If you don't start with being born again, you only have your own made-up truth. I got, my, I got my own experiences. I got my own pain. I got my own messages that I've adopted. And so the only thing that I have is just my own made-up identity. And so every single one of us have a story. We all have a story. And that's, that's just even like one drop in the bucket. And I know you've got lots of drops in your bucket too. But, you know, that kind of led me on this long, long journey of a lot of pain and a lot of stupid and a lot of... Just a lot of, just a lot of. And so when I, when I went to college and I heard this at the Bible study, I thought, this is the first time I've heard of this. 
you know, I've got all these messages and all these things that I've developed about how I view the world because in this package is all this pain and other messages. And so then I'm angry about it and I'm rebellious about it and I'm mad about it and I'm loud about it, you know. It really, you know, if you think about it, what you're really screaming about is you are trying to convince me that I'm this when God says I'm this. You're trying. It's the anger really is you're trying to convince me of an alternative design that is not what my heavenly father made and he's the one who knows. So only he gets to say because only he knows. And it's a good design. And so we want to discover what that is, but there is a road to discovering what that is. And so you can see as I'm kind of describing this, whatever is on the package on the inside of you, when you are trying to press up against God in worship or whatever way it is, your relationship with Him, whatever has been cleaned out of your container is the quality of the inside of you of what you're bringing to press up against him. And a lot of times it will try to dictate what your experience with him looks like. Like he is like, I am so in love with you. You know, I was there every day when all of that happened and I weep and I will make restitution and and I will make things right. And I'm not a God who uh, can't see. And so you have to allow him to begin to do this process. And so on this, where it's talking about you must be born again. I mean, just think about what are you holding on to in your container that is a message that you picked up or received somewhere from a broken person. Because, you know, broken people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Broken people, well, they're just going to give what they have away. And so at some point when God's saying, that's not the design. You know, got this. He's like, that's not the design. You know, and he wants to try to begin to show you what the design is. Here, this is the design. You're like, mm, I don't know if I can believe that because I think this is. You know, he, he's, he's doing this, this process with us. And so the process looks really good. And again, I'm talking about the quality of the inside of you and what you're pressing up against when you're trying to encounter God and when you're trying to encounter community or other people. And so um, that's this the first step. The first step is that Jesus, because of God's love, God is not willing for us to be separate from him. And so he knows that sin has to be dealt with. And so he says, whether it's something somebody did to you or something that you did to others in your pain, I want to clear up all of that. I mean, it is a powerful thing to forgive and to be forgiven and to be stripped away of all of those influences. And they do influence you. And so I'm talking about the condition of your heart. If you, We've all experienced something. You know, everybody has experienced something. And so what are you doing with the things that you've experienced? And so 
you know, I wanted him to knock those things out of my hand and to, and to show me something new. But I had to do it his way, which means when I heard you must be born again, that means you've got to say, you know, Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. I accept your blood that you paid for me to have forgiveness. That clears everything away and it reconnects me back to the Father. And then here comes the Holy Spirit and you put the Holy Spirit in me. And that Holy Spirit in me begins to hunger and to cry out and to be drawn on by the Spirit of God. So then you have this, now you got this spiritual attachment. And so that's really powerful once that begins, because then he's like, okay, here's where an open door is. Here's where a stronghold is. Here's where a, a adopted value that's not my value is attached to you. And he began to try to detach these things that are not of him. And so, you know, that happens in a lot of different ways. But generally, there's going to have to be um, repentance and forgiveness, you know, and that's really hard because it's like, hey, that wasn't right. My dad was so mean, that wasn't right. And so I love this scripture, this other scripture. Um, let me see if I can find it. I have several. Ah, I don't think I sent you this one, Benton. I think it's a Deuteronomy 32. 35 through 36. You don't have to put that up there, but let me just say it. Where God says, you have to let me be the overseer of you, basically. Because there's no person that hasn't committed something against some... You've, you've done something, too. You've done something, too. You've hurt people. You've not kept your word. You've, you know, been stupid. And so in order for there to be freedom, which is really hard, you've got to say, I'm willing to let that person go. And I came to a point with my dad, and believe me, there's a lot of stuff under the bridge. But I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay tied to that or I'm going to let that go and I'm going to trust you with it? And when he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, God's not saying it doesn't matter. God's not saying it doesn't grieve me. God's not saying I'm okay with that. God's not saying I like that. He's saying, give it to me. I view perfectly, and I can do something with that. But whenever you hold on to it, then it's really damaging. And so... Gosh, it was wild. I remember when I forgave my dad. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was that thing that had been attached. It was almost like it was attached to all the anger. It was amazing. I was like, wow, I was just like staying, hanging on to all that anger. And so whenever I forgave him, and then it's kind of like that got detached. <sighs> You know, and see, every time you detach from one of those, then that gives a, a new place for the Holy Spirit to fill and to wash and to influence and then recreate what the authentic is there to recreate. 
So, you know, we have a lot of, um, what's the word? Strong opinions about what we think is right and what should happen and what should be, re what should be done. But you don't really know. Your perspective isn't big enough. I mean, how many times, I've done this before, where I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew something, and I, boy, I went after it, and I talked to somebody about it, like I knew something, and they say it's something simple back to me, like, oh, well, something, something, something happened. I'm like, oh. And so I, I was like totally off, but I felt so strong that I was, was right. You can either be right or you can be free. You know, right is what he says works. We worked that out. It is. And so, you know, either God is the loving, caring authority, and he says, give that to me, I will deal with that, so I can free you up so that you can receive love and you can shine in your design, and you can have purpose and fulfillment. You cannot do both. I can guarantee you, you cannot do both. You cannot hold on to those things and fulfill your design and shine and see how amazingly the Holy Spirit can do something through your life. It, it doesn't work. Those are against each other. So you have to make a decision to let go. And so that's just a little bit of the journey. But since then, you know, we have to keep learning what are God's ways. And so on this scripture on John 3, 3, um, on the end there, I'll just read it to you. It says that once the Holy Spirit, once you say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me, I forgive others. I invite you to come and he comes and the Holy Spirit comes in your life and he begins to do a work and kind of like free you from things. That's, that's the way the Holy Spirit begins to work. He begins to reveal things to you. It said you cannot even understand what God, the things God does. You can't understand the way he thinks. You can't understand what he wants to do. You can't understand his heart. You can't under, understand these things until that Holy, His Holy Spirit steps in you. And then when it does, it's like, wow, it's a game changer. I mean, as Catholics, we would read and read and read. And it was just like a bunch of words. You know that words that never really stuck? I don't know if you've ever done that. But we would read stuff, and it's like, you know, I would just walk away. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it says that He reminds us of, of truth, that He tells us He is the presence of God. And so... We experience him. We when we when we do this process, we experience him. And so then you, you have a best friend on the inside. <laughs> like this is not good for you. That's not really good. You're you're just rescuing right there because you know you don't want somebody to feel pain. He will tell you where you're off. And so on the journey to trying to have a really healthy internal that when I contact God and I contact others, I'm really um, on the life journey. It will never end. Of trying to 
understand his heart, understand his ways, have sensitivity, um, adjust whenever he says, oh, that was off. Hey, you had an attitude there. Hey, you're judgmental right there. Hey, you're feeling pity right there. You're just in pity right there. And so then you're mad at everybody for not coming and cutting you in pity. That's gross. Stop it. Get up. You're not being powerful right now. You know, that that is. And so he becomes this internal, beautiful, best friend regulator. And truth leads you to freedom. I, you know, and can I say this? Right, right now in my life on this journey, I feel really expansive on the inside. I feel real. I feel really expansive on the inside because I am always trying to give over my way to his way. And believe it's not that I don't ever quit having a way. You know, I'm usually seeing things or I might, you know, be frustrated or whatever. But I but I am internally regulated by that Holy Spirit. And so, you know, someone says, Hey, you kinda hurt my feelings. Let's talk about it. Well, then what happens is, okay, I'll pray about it. Okay, Holy Spirit, I really want to repair that in this relationship. You know, what does that look like? And so, I mean, I don't sometimes. Sometimes I just say, they'll say you. I say you. you. And then we do that, you know. It was you. No, it was you. But you. But you know you. Well, you. If you hadn't, I'll do that. But then it is like. I'm like, are you outside of yourself right now? Because that is not you. And that's really not what you're going for, is it? Are you going for right? Or are you going from hearing what this person is saying that they're experiencing from you? And so, you know, I'm, I love this journey. I was telling the, some group somewhere some point about it. I had it but probably at prayer. But. I was walking through the backyard the other day and letting my dog out. And I looked in the window and some people were sitting down for dinner already. And they had their drinks, you know. And this thought came and said, I wonder if anybody made my drink. Was I in there making their drinks? But did anybody make my drink? And so immediately, see, this is when you begin to get some momentum. When you begin to read the Word of God because the Word of God will blow your mind. You, if you start reading it, you're like, oh my gosh. Whew, and you're just, you're just trying to do the thing that He says to do, which leads to life. But man, the Word's the very best thing that you can do. And when you read it, you know, oh God, you know, that I'm just not there. Just really, really help me. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me in the day to really choose that. And He will. I mean, that's just, that's just the journey. That's what it looks like. And so... Um, I have learned what's me to a pretty high degree and then when to check that or when to submit that. or And so I said, immediately I heard that, I thought, that is so selfish, you know. And so immediately I said, I'm going to get in there and serve everybody. But then I had to require something of me to come up and meet what I knew was true and that would produce what I wanted, which was healthy relationships. So I did. I got myself in there and I served people and I made some pie and I heated them. I put ice creams on. I mean, isn't that, I mean, isn't that fun though to know that that leads to life? Yeah. 
And so when they were singing that song today, they were really trying to describe, you know, God is trying to tell you and convince you and give you an experience with how much he really loves you. If you cannot blame him for the things people have done to you or with you or around you, or if you can, if you can get away from blaming him there and say broken people hurt people, I will give you that broken person and invite you to do something in their life. And I will step over here with you and ask for healing. Then you're going to start to see some freedom. You're going to start to have some uh, room for the Holy Spirit to come and be expansive in you. And so, you know, we carry those things. Like I've been talking to probably four people in the last couple of days that are so, you can tell that they don't know on the surface, they're not cognizant of it, but it must be in their uh, belief system of something. And when I'm trying to talk to them, this belief down here is really functioning. And I'm like, wow, we can't really get past that because there's a belief down there. And so, you know, for instance, we went out Friday night, on Ignite, the goal, the Friday night Ignite, is for you to care for people, to uh, become aware of what you carry in the Holy Spirit, to become activated in the way that His gifts uh, work in your life, and to have a place to practice that and to love on people. Yeah. Well, as soon as they went out to try to do that, immediately... They saw something from their past, and the whole night they were off their game because all they were thinking about was something in their past, and they couldn't even function in what they were there for. And so I started to have a conversation with them about, okay, what were you thinking there? What were the kind of thoughts you were having as soon as you saw that? Um, if you would have had an interaction there, what would the dialogue with them have been like? And then boom. It revealed they had a mindset about themselves that was absent of what God said about them. I was like, oh, well, no wonder they got hijacked. And so then we got to talk about that component that's missing. You know, what is in there that you're agreeing with that you're unspiritual, that you're not enough, that you don't have anything to bring? What is that where did that come from we've got to deal with that we've got to get that up by the root and so these are the things if we want to be free and i'm just telling you there's nothing like being free it it affects everything in your life it affects your perceptions how when something happens out here how you receive it in here how you think about it and then how you act out about it it affects that. It affects like when somebody does something, how you see them. And they can become your, you know, your enemy or you're frustrated with them. It, you know, it can affect that. And so we've got to deal with it, all of those and, and just kind of pull some weeds. You know, Teresa said, any weed in somebody else's garden that I'm in relationship is a weed in mine. Because if I'm with you and you got a weed, then we both got a weed. Yeah. 
And if I've got a weed, I'm sorry because I'm bringing that into your yard. And that really matters to me because I really love you. And so we want, thank you. And so we want to look at those weeds. I mean, we sometimes we live life so crippled, acting like this is the high life. <laughs> you know, but there is a high life. There's a place where you can connect with him. There's a, a place where he can talk to you on the inward parts about things that you're thinking and clear those away and affirm you, um, give you an experience with his Holy Spirit. And so there is a high life. But you, it's hard to um, experience that when we're not, like Teresa said a couple of weeks ago, doing his prescribed way. I, I got to depend on Jesus to forgive me of my sins so I don't live under condemnation. I've got to trust Jesus that he forgave me and I can let it go. And I can approach the Father like, like nothing ever happened. I mean, you got to have that confidence. You know, and that's, that's the relationship that he wants. That's why he did that, because he wants to have that relationship with you. And so we have to do those processes. We have, to, we have to forgive and let go. We have to ask for forgiveness. You know, we have to uh, invite the Holy Spirit. We have to read his word and require that we come up to it. And so what I'm finding that kind of concerns me um, in some areas that I am working with is that we're sort of in some places we're having a mindset that I'm okay right here. I'm going to bring my dysfunctional self, but I'm going to try to pretty up the package, okay? That'd be all right. I'm like, no, I want, I want the good package. It's like, don't, don't try to dress it up. Let's deal with the inside stuff. Let's clean it out. Let's get some joy. You know what I mean? Let's get washed. Let's enjoy just the connection of the Holy Spirit with the Godhead. Let's, let's really do it. And so I've been hearing this scripture in Deuteronomy, if you haven't read that book, I love that book. That is the coolest book. You ought to go read De Deuteronomy. I like it in the Amplify, but you can read it whatever you want. Um, wow. One scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 5. This is God's desire. I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, so we think our soul is horrible. Let's just hide that. Let's don't look at it. Let's don't talk about it. Let's just talk about our spirit all the time. My spirit man says that. Well, what is your soul doing? You know, he loves the soul too. So let's, let's give him some access to the soul. Love him with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. You see what it says in captions there? Your entire being. You, you know, if you really want to be a Christian then it means that you present the full package of you, you receive all that he's done for you, and then you live out a response, a relational response with him. It's just that simple. But let's don't say that we're a Christian, but you're, you know, an alcoholic in pain, in rebellion, like myself. You know, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. No. 
I needed washing. I needed to experience forgiveness. I needed to forgive. We want, we want to really be the authentic. And so he wants your whole, your whole heart, your whole life. Yeah. And you want him to. You want him to. Your heart is, you know, if you think about your physical man, your heart's your primary organ that pumps blood. And if it's not pumping. So he's saying, love me with all of it. Everything you got going on on the inside of you, I'm calling for you to love me with it. And that could just be like, man, this is really gross. But you wanted to love me here. So I'll love you with it. I'm really struggling here. I don't understand. I'm so angry. This feels unjust to me. I'll love you with it. I'll present it to you. I'll let you love me there. And so we, we want him to have access. Um, you know what's interesting, too, I was thinking about when we say heart, sometimes we're only thinking about just that one organ but in the bible when it says love me with your whole heart it's talking about loving me with everything on the inside of you love me with the way you think love me with the way that you have emotions love me with your pain love me with your will i don't want to do that that seems unfair and the holy spirit's telling you to do it and you're saying Okay, Holy Spirit, I will do it because your way is right. And isn't that how you show love? Is it words, just words only? I mean, haven't you experienced people like that? I love you, but then they're a jerk to you. And they're selfish around you. And they can't prefer you or consider you or see you. And they're just trying to get their own way all the time. I love you. Yeah, just it doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like it. And so anyway, he's wanting to take the entire part of you. And so we want to bring all that. But he wants to meet us there. He wants to meet us in every place, place of pain, every place of disappointment, every place of frustration, every place where we're disappointed with, I'm still here. I really want to be in the new place. He wants to meet us in all those places. Whenever we're like, I have, I have so much joy because I chose you and I obeyed. And that made me so happy because I want to please you, God, because you love me so much. I, I found the joy and I was obedient and I pleased you. And I just, like a big old teddy bear. Mm, that feels good, doesn't it? Mm, I obeyed you. And it felt so, it felt good. And, and, and that, you can feel that that was your love being given. That was your love being offered there in that place. And see, we're always going to have that. We're just learning, you know, just learning his ways and learning to um, go with the Holy Spirit instead of our own way. And so he, he told me this scripture for us today. It was um, Deuteronomy find the right one. I think it's chapter 2. Do, 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 do. Chapter 2, I do believe. Oh, there we go. Uh, Deuteronomy 2, 3. Do you have that, V? 
I didn't give you all the ones I was going to really do, did I? Um, Deuteronomy 2, 3 is, this is really what I feel the Holy Spirit saying. I feel like God is really saying this. I feel like he's saying the Israelites, he freed them in Exodus when they were in slavery. When you're enslaved in sin and he comes into your life and he frees you and he begins this journey with you and he's working with you. And, and the journey looks a lot like how you're responding, how you're obeying, how you're learning, you know, how you're surrendering. It looks a lot like that, how you're honest. And, but they had, they had been going around this mountain. Around and around and around and around. It was supposed to take them 11 days to get to where it was going to take them. But this, we were still here at 40 years. And so he wanted me to ask you, what are, do you have that you're circling around still that's old? You just have to ask the Holy Spirit there and he'll tell you. And so this is what he's saying about that one place. There are usually a couple of these core places that we hold on to or we continue to believe, even though he says, you know, I want to introduce something new to you, but we're so adamant to hold on to it. But he's just saying, that's that mountain you just keep going around and around and around. And, and I'm experiencing that from you. I don't know if, if you're understanding that or not, but it's that thing that you're circling around that you won't address, that you won't you know, bring to the light, that you won't change your belief system on and agree with him, that you keep bringing that to me and I keep experiencing that. This is the same way God is experiencing that. I'm trying to love you. And you're, and you're ex, he's experiencing you in this way where you're rejecting the moment he's wanting to have with you because you're rejecting you. And he's saying, can we move away from this mountain, please? I mean, aren't you tired of going around the mountain? And so I'm just saying there's a K-Rose time for whoever wants to hear it. It's really a time that he's going to take you in a new direction in some of these old places that we've been just doing and doing and doing for our whole life. And so he's just saying right here in Deuteronomy 3, the Lord said, and I feel like he's actually saying it today. The Lord said, you have circled this mountain long enough. Turn and go north. Turn and go north. Turn and go north. So he's wanting to take wherever you are on certain things that you might be cycling or, you know, we give so many concessions. We act like they don't matter. It don't matter that I'm loose here. It don't matter that I do this here. It don't matter that I'm this way. It don't matter that I keep doing that over and over. We keep saying that we give so much concession for it, and that's why he's calling the mountain circling, circling, circling. He says, you know, no, it's time to stop doing that. Stop and turn. So turn and go my way. And so he wants. there's something he's wanting to do in our lives personally, they're going to take us in a whole new direction if you will say, I'm tired of it too. I'm tired of that thing right there. What in the heck is underneath that root right there that keeps me tied to that stupid thing that I keep doing that and presenting it and 
on and on and on. And if we'll look at it and address it with him, he will release you from that and he will launch you northward in a way that is really northward in this instance was they were being free to really possess their inheritance that he had for them. I got something laid up for you in your design, in your life. And this thing that you keep cycling around delays your ability to reach the territory of your life that I want you to experience. And so I am well aware in this room that there will be people who will say amen today, but won't, won't do it. I mean, I've been experiencing it to a high degree in the last week or two. And so I just try to keep getting in there, getting in there. Okay, why do you do that? Do you see that you're doing that? Okay, okay, let's look at that. You know, I need, if you, I need, help me help you. <laughs> help me help you. I mean, let it matter to you. I mean, when I have those encounters, you know, and I can see that a person is stuck there. I mean, I go home and it grieves me. And I, I just really weep over it. And it's, it's really grievous to me because there's so much that he wants to release from you and wants to restore to you and give you his inheritance. Yes. And he's just saying, the Lord said, you have circled this mountain long enough, turn. So you're the one who's turning. Turn. And that's another thing I have a problem with is we don't want to take responsibility. We want to blame or act like we can just throw some words at it and say, oh, yeah, but then you're circling again. Right. And I'm sorry, but that really makes me, I was going to say mad, but that's a little strong. Something happens in me, doesn't it, men? <laughs> you know? Is, I have a response to that. I think my response is whenever you are presenting that, then I want to go up and I want to, I want to get it. You what? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you can't keep it. You can't keep it. You can't keep it. And sometimes they hide and sometimes they babble. <laughs> they act like I'm going to word vomit out here and then you'll forget what we were talking about. But every now and then some people will say, whoo, pierce my heart. Ooh. Woo, that truth is hard to hear. Woo, that wrecks me. Oh, gosh. But you're right. And we'll go home and we'll fall down and we'll repent and say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I don't want to do that. What's behind that? And then we do that process with him and he frees us from it. And that's the turning. So I'm just saying, I, I hear his voice when he's saying, the Lord says you have been circling certain mountains, time to turn and go north. Because that inheritance is right in front of you that he's wanting to give. So Holy Spirit, you are our best friend. You are our best friend. Whew. We don't want to hold on to pain. We don't want to hold on to wrong mindsets. We don't want to hold on to old vows. We don't want to hold on to old things that were uh, 
from harm. Whew. And so we just say, would you come and help us? Oh God, we do not want to circle this area in our lives one more day. We do not want to circle it one more day. Not one more day. Not one more day. And see when I'm saying that, I'm feeling that somebody has a, an attitude or a spirit of um, unbelief that looks like, well, I don't think I could ever not do that. And so you better check that. You better check it. And so you can do what I did when I saw the glasses on the table. You can just change right there. You can just say, oh, I repent from that. That's not a right thought. The right thought is there's nobody like Jehovah. Ooh, there's nobody like Jehovah. There's nobody that's proved their love. There's nobody more powerful. There's nobody more willing. There's nobody whose eyes are already on me that is showing me mercy. There's nobody that has an inheritance that they find greater joy for me to walk in than you. And so we just, we do not adopt that. We say, yes, we do not want to circle these old mountains one more day. So Holy Spirit, Put your hand on your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, just tell him really sincerely, Holy Spirit, do not let me hold on to old things that rob me from going north to my inheritance. Whew. Show them to me. Show me. Holy Spirit, I trust you and I depend you to take me on a journey of freedom. Yeah, I want to go north. I want to go north. Yeah, we want to go north. Yeah, you're so good. You're so good. We don't want to call these old lives the life because it's it's not. Your your life is the life. Yeah. Yeah, we want to go north. So I just I just really want to um just champion you, God, of what you've done in my life. Just go ahead and tell him, wow, I know where I was. I know where I came from. I know what I was trapped in. I know the addictions that I was in. I know the self-hatred that I have. I know the torment that I was under. Wow. And you came and you rescued me. Ooh, it's just what you do. You came and you rescued me. It's what you do. So come and rescue us again in these places. Come and rescue us again. Why are they there? How did they get there? How do we break free from them? What is required? How do we turn a new direction? Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our best friend. You're my best friend, Holy Spirit. You are my best friend, Holy Spirit. You always lead me to truth. Lead me to truth here. So, Papa, I thank you that you're trying to give us something. You're trying to give us something. And so help us, help us not to go around the mountain again. In Jesus' name, I pray over your people. I bless the journey. I bless these words today. I bless us giving up of our own way to your way that leads to life. Yeah, and so I just bless what you're going to show them. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.